Welcome to Multiple Offers, a real estate show with competing perspectives. Today we are talking about what to expect when you are inspecting. Put that coffee down. If you're good at something, never do it for free. How'd you get the gig? Oh, you know, they were hiring. It was only a two-week course. I will sell this house today. What are you, some kind of real estate agent? Oh, he's a realtor. There is a difference somehow. This is Multiple Offers, a real estate show. All right, so we're here for episode 13. Uh, We're going to do another express episode today. Last time we talked about uh, what sellers should be thinking about before their home inspections, which is episode 12, if you want to go back and listen to that. Today, we're going to be talking about it from a buyer's perspective. I'm here with Jeremy Ray and Matt Brabens. My name is Jeff McLennan. How are you guys doing? Great. It feels like so long since we've done this. It's only been a week. It's only been a week. Yeah. Um, I'm good. I mean, we should probably, it's been a while since we've done this, but we should probably do our, our car follow-up. Um, what happened with your car? No, nothing, but, uh, I'm actually going to do, not going to do a car follow-up, but that was just a fun joke because we haven't talked about cars. I feel in like months. I think we made it one episode, Jer. Did we talk about car? Jeff mentioned something about his car. I'm pretty sure in episode 11. In episode 11? Probably. We we haven't talked about last. Yeah, we talked about washing cars. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, last week was we the big Ford recall. One whole episode. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I still haven't checked it. I don't know if my my car was part of the Ford recall or not. Yeah, you should check. I should check that after the episode. <laughs> you should definitely check after the episode. Um, fine. I'll do a cell phone follow up then. Um, we have a, a team cell phone. Ooh, and, the bad phone. Uh, you know, which is just it's great to have. It has um, a number of nicknames, actually. The burner. The boyfriend phone. The bat phone. The boyfriend phone. The burner. Um, like on the wire. Yeah. And I, I Matt told me it'll get better. It's an Android phone. It'll get better. It'll get easier. You'll you'll learn to love it. And I just feel it's been a few months now. And I just, I'm I, I'm Apple through and through. And I really, I tried to, Ooh. I tried to embrace it with loving arms. Um, tried to bring it into my home. I let my daughter play with it. Um, it's a hardy phone. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. Like it. On the hardwood, it's it's pretty good. Hasn't had any issues, um, but I, it's just it's so different than an iPhone. Um, that's all, and that's all I have to say about that. I I go when my mom has um, an Android, and last week she was staying with with us, helping out while I was sick. And when she'd asked me to do stuff on her phone, I felt like I was my dad. Like I'm like, how do you, uh, how how do you, you make how, the text you and then the messages? <laughs> like, how to make it quiet? Where, how do you put it in vibrate? Yeah, in my day, you press the green button. <laughs> it does make you feel dumb. Yeah, it's, you get I so felt really you, dumb. You get Matt would be the same way using one of our phones. You just get so used to the exact same way every time. Either that or the iPhone is so Advanced. user friendly. Yeah, user friendly. Oh. <laughs> I'm just starting wars here. Uh, Matt, anything to contribute to that? I'm not a massive brand loyalist, but you know I'm I'm happy with the Android things. So I don't like being told what to do. Yeah, I I have a question. So you're frustrated with the operating system, but how is it? Because the whole point of the bat phone is so that you guys can trade phones off, right? Like somebody is on on the team. Correct. How is that working? That's been fine. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest thing is because it's so hard for us to actually have a day off. Yeah. So this provides that if it's a week that allows for one of, uh, one of us to have a day off, like it was Matt's birthday two weeks ago, um, it allows us to, uh, you know, to actually 
say that we because we are routing phone you know calls and things through these to the phone then it's do you find like is there anything weird with um like are clients texting the bat phone or are they still texting your personal phones both both yeah i mean new contacts and new clients usually will be and do you have to like make sure when you're texting on the bat phone that you identify so they're not like it's helpful yeah yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) matt yeah yeah some inside jokes that i have with with our clients and then Matt's like, I don't, why did you LOL? I don't understand. <laughs> That's not funny. Um, it's, it's working though. They get it. Like they understand that it's a shared phone and whoever is taking calls that day or that night will be able to get back to them. But they also know if they only need to talk to Jeremy, right? he's got a different number, but you don't get a guaranteed faster response. Maybe if that's not his day. Yeah. We've got clients right now though, that are, i that are both Apple ecosystem um that i actually i have a separate i chat with them as a group chat <laughs> do you just talk about matt on that on that yeah. chat? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god do we went on with matt the other day uh, you could tell he printed the feature sheets on the lower quality paper it's so flimsy in my hand what is this amateur hour um no, it's just they don't, and he one of them refuses to uh, use WhatsApp, so that was would be a normal they, way for us to do it. They took a stand. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's like I, I can't group chat you guys on the burner phone, so maybe we have to figure that out, but huh. uh, that's just a funny little I guess one. when the burner dies, we'll have to, maybe we have to migrate. Ooh. Uh, so know. far, it's been good, though. Like, you get the message from the agent, I want to show the house at this time, and then you just fire a text over. And the, the best part is because we have an assistant, too, right? Mm-hmm. We found that what happened in this business is that people stopped, like, phoning to make requests. They tend to text us. Yes. Right? And then, so the assistant who's there at the desk to help with showing requests can't help. Right. Because the text goes to our phone. And there we are sitting in a meeting where we're recording the podcast and we can't respond. So does Debbie have the, the burner phone right now? Not right now. I screwed up. <laughs> uh, do you think you and Mick will ever get one for your team? No, 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 no. No, no Mick doesn't have email. Oh, selectively. He has email. <laughs> don't tell the world. <laughs> oh, no, I don't, I don't have email. Sorry, you're going to have to. Uh, yeah, tech, email Jeff. You'll have to email Jeff. That. He'll do the work. I, I, don't, I don't have email. <laughs> I don't know where to get one. I don't, but no, 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 no. I don't want to learn. <laughs> Sounds hard. I, I will say he, he still pays for his email. You have yeah, to pay he's for keeping email. Uniserve in business. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What? Uniserve? Yep. It's oh, hold on. Oh, I didn't even hear what you said. He is paying he is to have paying. an email service. He is paying for his email address. Yep. Yeah, he gets 500k a month free. Wow! So the first 500 kilobytes, there's uh, it's a lower charge. Yeah. So as long as he keeps it under that, maybe that's he's just watching the, the his threshold. The problem is he's had it for so long. At this point, if he was to give it up, somebody's going to email him, or someone's going to take that email address from him. Well, that could be that a problem could, as well. Yes, that could be a really big problem. Yeah. But if nobody has it, right, then that is not an issue. Yeah. 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 So, uh, what's new with you? Well. I have to say, all the new forms, and I know that they'll be good eventually, it's hard keeping track of everything that needs to be done. Like, I'm all over the the main one, the disclosure, but when you need the, the privacy one, and when you need the... There's four of them, right? Are there four new forms? I don't know. Ask Debbie. Yeah, I just feel... I, I had to go back Still to a client who I'm like, I took your listing, but there's actually something else that's part of this signing... And I didn't know. You just kind of the, feel, yeah. It makes, if you don't, you know, you don't want to feel dumb. But a I lot feel like has a just first changed. year agent yeah. again. 
uh, get it. And I mean, they were really good about it. But And I was completely honest. I'm like, brand new forms, not used to this yet. Yeah. So, and it yeah. all could change later on in the year. Yeah, but it... Uh, it's a bit cumbersome. There's a lot of paperwork. Yeah, and the the consumers are starting to understand it too. Those who are in, in working with us, they're like, "Wow, this is a lot of paperwork." The the, the one I I find the um the disclosure of how an agency works. As long as you sell that correctly to them, I think the consumer likes that form that completely says this lays out exactly how our loyalty works, how we're working for you, and what the rules are. I love that form. The commission disclosures on every counter offer. I have not met a seller yet who isn't like, we just signed this form. I'm like, yeah, I know, but they went up a thousand bucks. So you got to sign it again with the slightly adjust like that one. The sellers are frustrated with it's it's just an annoying piece of paper that they have to sign every time. Yeah. I just make fun of it on the front end and say, here we are guys. Yeah. This is why. Yeah. We just got to live with it. It's terrible. (laughs) And they're like, okay, I get it. Them's the rules. Yeah, which, um, I mean, maybe we're being a bit inside here. What what this form is, for anybody who doesn't know, is um, the seller has to sign a form that they know how much commission they are paying, uh, which is fine once, but literally every time the offer changes. So if you, go, if you go back and forth five or six times during the negotiation, they have to sign five or six. Yeah, and the these. commission is a percentage of the sale price, so we have to do the math yeah. and actually give them the, the dollar amount the formula isn't sufficient. Right. Yeah. The biggest issue right now is that we have to do that. So if you're selling your home and now we're going over this document and they're writing a counter, they want us to actually go over that on a, on potentially an offer that we have no intention of signing off on. Yeah. Cause like, let's say you have multiple offers and there are eight offers, which would be amazing. You actually have to fill that form on out on all of them. All eight. Not just the one that you're entertaining. In that situation, I understand the concept because yes. in those situations, maybe the agent was doing something that made it not so obvious that there was one offer that was more lucrative to the listing agent. So showing the different commission between the eight might be really valuable. Sure. If there was a circumstance where the agent, where there's one offer where they're getting paid a whole lot more. When you're dealing with one offer and negotiating back and forth and making a change by $2,500, the seller really doesn't need you to do the math to tell, tell them that it's going to be another $42 in commission. Right. Yeah. So, so if you want to get a, if you want to get your, if you're listening to the show and you have a, an agent and you want to get them talking or venting, just ask them. Yeah. Just so what are you thinking them. of the new forms? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's move on from forms. What's going Boring. on with you, Matt? <laughs> oh, I want to talk about buyers. You want to move on to the main topic? Yeah. Let's do it. What to expect when inspecting. I read that book. Now you want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. You decide your own level of involvement. Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree. I don't agree to that. Neither do I. Wrong. National debt. Wrong. Wrong. Advocating. Wrong. Without money. Wrong. 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 Very nice words, but happens to be wrong. You're listening to Multiple Offers, a real estate show. Okay, so let's start talking about what what should buyers be thinking about. So they've they've got an accepted offer, they are ready to buy the home. One of their clauses is to have the home inspected. Uh, what do you guys think? What what's the first thing they should be thinking? About? Should we start off first with like choosing one or sure? Getting, yeah, do you get recommendations from the real? I always recommend three, um, three home inspectors. Yeah, um, but I also kind of say you can 
you can hire if you somebody has a family friend who does it. Um, Ooh, see, but that's something are, I'd be very careful. If, if they have a family friend who is a home inspector, great. If they have a family friend who is handy, oh no, I'm no. very scared. No, no, I mean rec- recommend <laughs> yeah. you know recommendations from from friends or things like that. Yeah. Um, are there? There's good home inspectors and bad home inspectors. Like every say, profession. Like every profession. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, and and. Up until recently, the home inspector was the only person in the process that didn't have to have a license. Like when I started hmm. selling real estate, we have to have licenses. Mortgage brokers have to have licenses. Everybody in the process has to have a license. But anybody could be a home inspector. As long as you got a flashlight and a clipboard. Yeah. Yeah. Now they've changed that now. They have to be licensed. Um, but even still, there are varying degrees. And, and I think there's a spectrum, right? Like you've got, you've got the home inspector who is... I mean, the the big thing back in the day was Dr. Death. I won't use his real name. And, and it didn't matter. The you first two home inspections uh, were going to fail. And then the third one was, and it was a scam. That was his he, business he, model. He'd, he'd get three inspections out of every client and uh, away he'd go. And you don't want that guy. Now, you also don't want the guy who's like, I, I had a listing one time where the home inspector came in. He had one of those moisture detectors. He mm-hmm. pointed it at like three walls. Uh, was like looks good, handed me a business card and said, passes every time and left. And I'm like, whoa. Now, I was representing the seller. Yeah. But man, I would not want my buyer to be using that guy. Yeah. Like, we all have, yeah, we all have our people we trust. I have um, I have one guy who's like maybe a little more techie. Like if somebody, mm-hmm. if I have maybe a younger client that wants to see everything on an iPad, yeah. um, there's that. Uh, sometimes, you know, your maybe time is of the essence and you don't have quite the time to wait, you know, a day for the full report with the pictures and everything like that. Um, so there's some people that are a little more expedited, but uh, can kind of de- depend. Uh, I, I, I think the things I, I want in that sort of the good zone for a home inspector is I want somebody who's thorough and who's going to find everything, but also who's uh, solution focused, who's not just going to find the problems, but also going to offer like my favorite home inspectors are like, okay, here's the problem. Here's how you can fix it. Here's the Band-Aid version. Here's the full-blown Mercedes version. Yep. Here, like somebody who's going to help them put it into perspective. Come up with a plan. Yeah, yeah. And and I think one of my guys, I one of the things I really liked about him was um, putting yeah putting it into perspective and being like any because you don't know somebody could only be looking at 1980s buildings mm-hmm. who and there's going to be potentials for fixes. But someone that can actually say you know it's fairly common. None of these buildings are going to be perfect. They're going to be at different life cycles in their repairs. Right. Um, but yes, this is a repair that probably is going to be needing, needing to be done in the next five years. Here's kind of what, what, what it cost. Um, as long as, because I find as long as people are prepared for it, uh, mm-hmm. that helps them make the decision and they're, and they're aware, right? Yeah. It's the inspectors who are the alarmist type that we want to steer away from. I'm all for them finding issues. It's how they present the potential right. fix. Right. It's the the simplest ones are the wiring ones where it's like, okay, you could put a GFCI outlet on there and that was $20. Or you could say that you need to rewire. Right. You know, both are correct. I think that's really (laughs) important too in a home inspector is making sure uh, that you find a home inspector who is good at communicating with you on your level. Right. Like, like if you're super handy and somebody who knows a ton about this stuff Maybe you want a home inspector who's really going to go deep on here's how you do this and here's what I do and and uh, away you go. I had an inspector once working with a finishing carpenter and I mean 
I didn't even understand half the stuff that they were talking about. And, but they brainstormed the entire project of the, of the house. Whereas with somebody who is getting a home inspection, cause they don't know a lot about a house. They don't want that. They want somebody who's going to be like, okay, what are the danger signs? What can I fix? What can't I fix? I just want to know, is this something that's, you know, worth my time? Yeah. I, I, one thing I like too for, for some of the younger buyers or maybe less experienced buyers, first time buyers that come in all ages, but, um, going over components of the house. So yeah. And like, like you said, knowing who you're dealing with, cause for some of these people, so water shut off, what, why do I need to know this? Is it, but going mm. through and be like, here's where it is. Cause they might know. I mean, we, we deal with sellers all the time that don't know really anything about, I didn't know I was supposed to run a fan. Right. What do you mean? Well, like, yeah, you cook rice every day. You have 30 minute hot showers and you're creating all this humidity and they wonder, or like, cause you look at their house and you go through and you go, well, there's some mold on your sills because water's been condensating on the right. windows. Um, but that home, ins- a home inspector could have just taught when they bought that property. Here's some things to do. Right. So I don't mean just cooking rice, but anything steaming vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. Any kind of people that cook a lot, I cook a lot. I run the fans probably excessively in my house because of that. That makes sense. Um, I have something sort of in my, my notes here, Jeff, that really, it kind of fires me up based on something you said. Okay. You're talking about Dr. Death. Yeah. And how his first two inspections fail. Yeah. And when I was preparing for this episode, I, I sort of said, why is the buyer inspecting? Mm-hmm. Why are you inspecting? One of sort of three sort of languages to use. And one, is it to pass or fail inspection? Right. And that is language that in this business drives me crazy. Because I don't think it's pass or fail. Not very often. I mean, I... An addition on I, a house could be a fail. Well, I just hate it when I hear somebody say, oh, we're going to buy this house, but it failed inspection. Well, what do you mean it failed inspection? You mean it needed $200,000 in work. You still could have bought it I, just I, at the right price. Yeah, I guess that's what... Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's not very many. I, I think very few homes probably are a flat-out fail. There are, like, we went into a house one time where the foundation uh, was literally being held up by boulders in the crawl space. And the inspector was like, I could push these boulders and this house is all going to come down. Um, Settle. (laughs) (laughs) No. uh, So unless you're a builder, that's probably a fail. Okay, so you you chose that house. You said, I love this house at this price. Did my inspection. Find find out that the, the foundation is absolutely unsuitable but the house itself is good so if i put it on jack stands and pour a new foundation the house that i fell in love with i can still have what's the cost of doing that right so i guess i guess the fail is a shorthand for the cost is more than i'm willing to bear should it be though because everyone else who goes and looks at that house knows that it has a bad foundation so now the seller has to reflect that they have to say okay my house needs a new foundation minus eighty thousand dollars solution found right that's why i hate the word fail that house you loved that house go ahead and buy it but only if it reflects okay you bought it for a million dollars on the premise that it had a proper foundation Mm -hmm. you found out that it doesn't now buy it for nine hundred thousand dollars and put on a new foundation because you love the house it didn't fail you just found an issue that needs attention yeah i mean to me, failing would be okay. The entire structure is rotted. You can't see it beyond repair. Yeah, you can't see a leak in the roof, and we know that every one of these walls is rotted out and and risks the whole structure risks collapsing. That's a fail. The house can't be saved. Okay, but so there are different level of degrees. But I mean, some the amount of work a buyer is willing to take on 
Like, like, let's remove the word fail from yeah, the, it's a language from the from, vocabulary. From but you may, in your inspection, decide, okay, there is more work than what I want to take on. Like, that, that's that the, is that's one the of the language. reasons to have a home inspection. I suppose it's never happened for me. They love the house. Well, okay, but you're also assuming that they love the house. There are many times where somebody is buying a house where they, they like the house, it will work, but they are... They, you have never had a home inspection. You've never walked away from a home inspection. You've never, never collapsed never. a deal based on a home inspection. I'm a closer. Always found a solution. And the, and the seller has always been willing to go with that solution? Yep. Have you ever said a house failed home inspection? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, so you're, you're who Matt's talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's a language thing, right? No, um, but it, it's... Well, that's where my hang-up is, is on the language, yeah. right? But I, I think there's opportunity to find, find a, a solution in every one of Some them. Some people just, they give up too easy instead I, of actually going I mean, through it. I am totally in agreement with you that there are many times where people want to walk away and there is a solution. I totally agree. I also think from a buyer's perspective... Before the inspection, they should be willing to walk away if what they find is too much for them. And especially because, now you may have just had great luck. There are many times where you're like, oh, there's $100,000 worth of work we need done. Seller, will you do $100,000 worth of work? No. Maybe the difference is that um, I have a lot of experience in the methodology of construction of houses. And we don't even write on them when we look around. Like we, we, we walk away before we even do the inspection is maybe the difference is why I haven't walked away from one after inspection. You can see some of the red flags. Yeah. Right I can, away. I can walk through and be like, Oh, I can see this foundation guys is a, is a thing that is going to be an issue. Don't oh, They're like, never mind. I'm not interested in this house. Oh, this house hasn't been rewired, even though they say it has. Um, and you're going to have to pull out all the drywall and go around and oh, do all yeah, the wire. No, I, I mean, and, I, and there's, okay, never mind. We're not writing. So the big things that typically maybe would cause someone to walk away, we're, we're kind of already out the door, but we haven't written the offer. So then your people should never have home inspections because <laughs> you, you, you spot them before. Not a home inspector. <laughs> like there are always, I, I, there are I, always homes with surprises. I mean, I, I understand home construction as well. And there are things you're going to spot and tell people about beforehand. But the whole point of a home inspection is you are not a professional builder and the sellers, like it is always good to have an extra opinion. I'm not saying we don't do inspections, yeah. but when we get an offer accepted and we do an inspection, I haven't had one yet that has found something of significance that's caused the deal to collapse. And even representing the seller, I, I can't remember one that has collapsed because of inspection. I can remember a lot of situations where we've had to massage things to, to find a way to get it done, but the buyer in the end wanted it done. So we found a way because they did love the house. So I'm just having a hard time thinking of it, of one where it collapsed because of inspection. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to the inspection or finding big things. It's just that I, I, I feel like they, I just haven't come across the ones that have been enough to stop the deal. Usually those houses are pretty clear and you know, the person's either looking for a project. Um, it would only be a catastrophic sort of home that would be an issue that would cause a problem for someone to say, actually, I can't fix this one. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think we're talking about the surprises, right? Yeah. Like, okay. So I, I said that's pass or fail language. Yeah. Right? So then I had my next one is why are you inspecting? Number two might be to find something to renegotiate price. Right. So that sort of is the next mm-hmm. phase. Yeah. Right. 
And then the third is not to pass or fail, not to renegotiate price, but third is just to know what you're buying. Mm, I see. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, I've had people who have thought this way when I'm working with buyers, but I don't typically say, tell people that we're, there's home inspectors out there that are, they will get really nitpicky about things in order to let's, this is going to get you five grand off, or this is going to like, like Mm -hmm. you have first negotiation, then we have home inspection and then subject removal is second negotiation just to peel out another couple grand. Yeah. And I, I personally don't think that that's the right mentality. I don't for a buyer to be going into. I don't think any of us, any of us do, but I'm happy to renegotiate when stuff comes up. But I don't like the assumption of, okay, we're going into the inspection looking no. for things to renegotiate. It's just, it's to find a solution. Like, yeah. actually, looks like the roof, we were in the attic, and not every homeowner's don't necessarily go in there. And, you know, they're, maybe they are on borrow, borrow time. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, we need it. You need that for financing, potentially. Mm-hmm. So, what's our, is our solution, you know, what's the solution going to be right. for them? Do they fix it? Do we get a credit? What do we need to do? Yeah. I think so. So, what we're saying is the advice to the buyer walking in is not that we are actively looking for something to renegotiate on, but if we were to find a surprise, yeah. then we yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. We had one, um, I had one at the lofts where somebody's, the bathroom fan was noisy. So, you, you're going to replace that. Like, why? still fully works yeah it's a noisy they come in all sorts of different ranges of sound that's important too to for a buyer to think about before they have their home inspection too is what level like i'm buying a used product this isn't brand new what am i comfortable with and what yeah and what is too much um although that's probably a conversation not the home inspector isn't going to help you with that maybe let's get back on track with uh what people should be thinking about for home inspections. For condos, though, I do have, like, what's your, like Matt was saying, why why am I having this home inspection? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have to always recommend that people have them. It's a good idea. Um, I didn't ever, I've never had them on my own purchases, uh, but I've got my skill sets different than a lot of other people's. Um, so I was comfortable taking on that risk. Um, most people shouldn't be doing that. But um, what, yeah, for for condos, you're, we, we were talking about this last week, um, things that they should inspect. Uh, there's less because you, you aren't, you aren't really going into the exterior walls. The inspectors, like you mentioned with the homes on homes thing, yeah. they're I can only inspect what I see here within this sort of box. Everything else is a strata issue. Yeah. Um, do you guys have anything that you think is a big one for, for condos? Well, I, I think with condos, one of the big things, and this kind of applies to not just the home and not just condos, uh, but in, okay, let me start again. Yeah. Um, one of the tips I think you should do is I think you should have home, your home inspection near the end of your subject removal phase. You know, sometimes that's a, good, that's a very good, point. sometimes people want to have it right away, but you know, you don't want to spend $500 on a home inspection and then you don't get your financing. Sure. Or do the free stuff first. Yeah. Or if, now, this applies to condos. If you're reading something in the minutes that's going to cause you to want to back out, you don't want to have it. Um, and the other thing that I think is a really good idea is when you read the minutes in a strata to make notes about things that you wouldn't mind getting the home inspector's opinion on. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, they were talking about uh, leaks in the parkade or they were talking sure. about this. Like, can you pay special attention to um, and then the other nice thing, I guess the other caveat to waiting is don't wait till the very last day though. Like have it near the home inspection, 
but not on the final day. Because if you do have to renegotiate, renegotiating on the day of subject removal is so difficult. No, not a good idea. Or even just for the, the buyer to digest the information. Yeah, not even renegotiate. Maybe just investigate. Like the inspector's like, hey, it looks like the parkade has got real problems and there's no mention of it in the minutes. Well, maybe we want to try and talk to the strata manager and see if see what they think. And yeah. But it's five o'clock on subject removal day and we can't get a hold of the guy. And oftentimes the minutes are, they're so vague when you're reading yeah. them. Like I am a fan, it, the depreciation reports, yes, they're, they're hit and hit and miss. Yeah. But at least it's some sort of information. Whereas before we were reading, just like we talked about last week about, you know, the houses, what was done, it's been rewired or wiring has mm-hmm. been updated. You have plumbing's been updated and we know, you know, as realtors have been doing this a while, plumbing, you know, replacing plumbing, if you get that on the listings even, yeah. you'll see, could just be one section, could be one part of the system, or it could be a full comprehensive right into the fixtures, into the unit. Right. Um, and we, you know, reading minutes, a lot of times there, and some, you know, some stratas might be vague on purpose, or they're just, they don't quite know yet, so they're just sort of, this mm-hmm. is one way of wording, wording it. Um, the worst is when they mention something, like membrane issues in the garage. And then they don't mention it again for like six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's a pretty good thing to bring up to the inspector. Like, hey, they mentioned this. I have no idea if it got fixed or not. Like there was a big issue in this part of the garage. Can we go take a look at that part yeah. of the garage and can we get your opinion? Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's always a good idea to get them down there yeah. looking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's, there is going to be glaring like things that they need to see, right? You can clearly see one of the buildings a colleague of ours lives in had a river running through it. Yeah. Like anytime it was raining, that's just our creek. <laughs> it's a water feature in the parkade. Yeah. Um, they're finally having to deal with it. But that sh- a pr- perimeter, inside perimeter walkthrough of the parkade, don't, don't, you don't need to be an engineer to see that. Yeah, for sure. So strata stuff. Um, there's anything else really in... I think one thing too that's important for a buyer is to understand the limitations of a oh, yeah, definitely. inspection. You know, understanding that they're not going to be able to get into any walls that like really an inspector is a generalist, right? And they're, they're essentially going to be pointing things out to you, but they're not necessarily going to have the answer for everything. They, again, a reason not to do it on subject removal day, they might say wiring looks bad, but you need an electrician. Now we need time to either a get an electrician or B talk to the seller and get more information mm-hmm. from them. Oh, definitely. And, and even, just to maybe prove if something isn't quite as, as bad as it looks, right? I've, I've had some inspectors say, oh, you've got a real plumbing problem here. Uh, this is a detached house. They said, oh, your plumbing isn't vented. Yeah. Now, the buyer had no idea what that even meant, mm-hmm. right? And it just means... Air it out with a vent? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's just, there's no airflow coming from, from above all the plumbing to help push the water down, right? So they say it's not vented. So now we have to prove that it is which is extremely difficult to do right? because that's all inside the walls, right? Uh, so I called up my plumber who I knew and I was like, okay, they said it's not vented, but I'm pretty sure it is. And how can we figure this out? And he's like, oh, okay, I'll just pop by between jobs. And he comes by and he's like, the, ob- the easiest way to know this is if you fill up a t- sink with water and pull the plug, if you get a vortex, like that little sort of inverted funnel, he's like, that means you've got enough draw from water pushing it that it's vented. Hmm. So how did a plumber ever decide to say, or not a plumber, an inspector ever decide to say that? I don't know, but they created some concern and we needed an opportunity to bring in right. a you need professional. Yeah. It's possible they looked up through the attic or the roof and didn't see a vent, but there's venting in walls. There's other ways. Of or or they, I think they, they were looking at the way that the pipes came, came out of the sink and then out through the back. Like, I don't see yeah. a vent. So it means there isn't one. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, and they, they make those kinds of statements and you need an opportunity to. And that's going to be on up. the seller. 
the buyer's not coming in there with the plumber. It's going to have to like prove that it's not. It's mm-hmm. kind of the onus is on the the seller to, to get. Yeah, and then once that's that. that's satisfied, then everybody's happy, right? Mm-hmm. But you needed that little bit of time, and it was still a massive time crunch, right? You know, you've got twenty four hours. Yeah, which means you've got twelve to get somebody in there, and then you get your answer, and then you talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, don't don't write off a place because of something that there's some systemic issue with the plumbing. Dig into it a bit. Find a cost, and if it is <laughs> pun intended, <laughs> what, what was the pun? Oh. Dig into it. Oh, dig into it. Yeah. Sometimes I don't even know it. It's just ever since the baby. You're just such a natural. Um, hmm. But there's this like Matt solution. Like we're all solution based. We're all great realtors because we try and find solutions for people. You still want to buy something. They want to sell. There's there's a way to make this happen. So let's find that solution. It's not happening on the Friday of subject removal. Right. Um, I feel like needing more time. I, I feel like moving forward now, we're going to start. We used to try and how can I get this offer accepted? How can I make this appealing to a seller? Um, five business days for the mortgage. Right. Doesn't allow you a lot of time to get this stuff done. So I think it'll become more common practice now like it used to be to have uh, a week and a half. Yeah, the expectation now from a seller is very short subject removal periods. They like, don't, that's a little they, long. Yeah, like, yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. That was a, it's a week. It's yeah. a week. We don't get financing confirmed for, until five business days. Yeah, give me a break here, guys. Right. I find too, I think if buyers are listening and really wondering... I think to me, the most important part of all of this, we talked a lot about the specifics of the mm-hmm. the action of it, but when it's time to hear the report is to train your mind to hear it the right way. Yeah. Because you'll hear words like unsafe or replace and things like that. And, and it becomes very distracting as you hear the report and you think that it's a massive flaw in the home because the inspector doesn't quite realize the gravity of the words As they're seeing. Yeah, they don't. They're like, yeah, it needs new this, this, and that. I, yeah, and I, I think on that note, uh, I think a good piece of advice is to be there at the inspection so that the seller can show you firsthand. I've had a... You mean the inspector? No, I, uh, well, I, I mean for the buyer to be at the at the home inspection. You were just saying so the seller could show you firsthand. Oh, sorry. Yes, I mean, yeah. I mean the, I mean the the home inspector. Um, like sometimes I get buyers who don't want to come to the inspection; they just want the report sent to them. Ooh. And it's way better if the inspector can walk you through and show you. Act- I don't feel like that even needs to get explained, but it does Absolutely. come up a lot. Like, oh well, I I can't take the day off work, so just send me the report. Tell me if it passed or failed, Matt. <laughs> and, uh, like, <laughs> Well, it's because like an inspector has a duty to report all of these things, right? Yeah. And, and it can look like a scary list when you're like, oh my gosh, look at all these things they found. Well, their job is not to point out the good stuff, right? <laughs> like that's not what you hired them for. So when, when, when you get a report of nothing but bad stuff, sometimes it can feel overwhelming, but they're, they're not there to say like, oh, they did a really good job on this and they did that. And oh man, they took great job of the roof and blah. Like it, that's just not what they're <laughs> great, there for. Great maintenance on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there actually is roof maintenance. That wasn't the windows have been maintained yeah. very well. <laughs> <laughs> Always windexed every Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it kind of comes back to what I was saying about perspective, like ask dollar amounts even like, is this, how much time do I have left? Like is, you know, roughly, is this like a tomorrow thing? this needs to be addressed like before I move into the house? Is it safety? Timeline is good. You'll get some inspectors who will give you dollar amounts, but they're not actually supposed to. Yeah. they. It's actually against their licensing mm-hmm. to tell you, which is unfortunate because they usually know. Can I tell them? They, you can tell them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And they don't have to believe you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and no, maybe I'm the inspector can nod <laughs> as you tell them. <laughs> like, 
I was given, um, I think I might even have it in my bag, but there was uh, back in the day we used to have these things. I always just kind of still have it around, but it like itemizes how much to replace a roof. <laughs> they kind of, oh, yeah. have you seen those? Yeah. The, the little James Dobney booklet. Dobney the, the, booklet. the Dobney booklet. <laughs> yeah. Although the, uh, I wonder if that's current. Still. It's wildly out of date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of funny because it does kind of give you, I mean, that helps to put things into perspective. And I, too, I that, think I might be wrong, but I think the way Dobney got around. So James Dobney is a home inspection company. Um, the way I think they got around doing that is they didn't give that to the clients. They, give they, to the realtors. they give it to the realtors. And so you're just holding it for a friend. <laughs> yeah. Sneak attack. That's not mine. Yeah. Put your name's on it. Yeah. I did not give that to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know if that would actually. Uh, well, who's? It's not a quite. They're estimates. It's kind of to give you. A, yeah, well, but they're a just, they're just. I well, I, I was at an inspection um, a couple weeks ago, and and uh, they were asking the inspector like, "Oh, how much does this cost?" And as a realtor for my book, well, they, they, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't Dobney, but the the inspector was saying like, "Oh, I'm not actually allowed to give you like the licensing," which I didn't know beforehand, and and then they went through. Like, here's where you can find the cost. Here's a good way to estimate. And, and they, they tried their best to help them out as much as they could. But it it was interesting that there there are some things the inspectors are limited by, right? Hmm. By their licenses. Right. Do we get all of them? All of, all all of, of the things to, of to the expect things. when inspecting? No. To, what to expect. What to expect when inspecting. Yeah. Okay. Not information on babies. I think they're ready. Okay. I think they're ready. They can email us if they have any, any good. more info. Yeah, and if you want to email us, uh, feedback at morealestateshow.com. Um, and send in, we need some questions of the week. So if you've got questions, send, send them in. Uh, that's going to do it for today. And uh, please think about leaving us a five-star review on iTunes if you enjoyed this. And uh, share this with your friends, as Jeremy likes to say. And uh, thanks a lot, guys. 